I also just want to say to uh, new listeners who will hopefully come listen to Mermaids and Vampires, <laughs> I definitely bring the chaos factor and the, uh, <laughs> I, I like to think I'm the vaguely unprepared, oh, no. slightly chaotic yet lovable oh, one on the group. That's not so. fair to you. You do lots of research and you're like, so I found this out. This is new. I do yeah. really well under pressure when you go, hey, we're recording today, right? And I go, yeah, absolutely. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I definitely thought we were recording tomorrow until Michael sent me a text three hours ago. So. <laughs> nice. Uh, also, you are bringing the chaos right now because we have not officially started right. the show yet. Even better. Yep. Hello, gentle listener, and welcome to Michael and Ethan and Aaron and Risha in a room with Scott. <laughs> I'm your host, Ethan Bartlett, and I would like my guests, that's right, plural, this time, uh, I would like my guests to introduce themselves, starting with Risha. Oh, good heavens. Hello! <laughs> you didn't think I was going to start with Michael, did you? I did. <laughs> you should have known. He's, he's the oldest. He always gets to start first. I'm always last. See, this is justice for younger siblings. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm I'm only behind when it's when it's against Michael. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I'll actually let you talk now, oh, Risha. I'm, I'm, yep, that's me. <laughs> I don't know what else I'm supposed to say. Just hello. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, hi, I'm Aaron. I'm not one of the siblings. Because for anyone who doesn't know, I'm sitting between two siblings, Risha and Michael, right now. And yeah, I'm, you chose poorly. I did. Also, if I don't. Do you guys share that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I didn't know if I just blew like some family internet secret, but. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Michael, ahead, Michael, and and I'm I'm a little unsettled by the name change of the podcast. All of a sudden, it feels like a hostile takeover. <laughs> I'm unhappy. Well, with it. it's only hostile towards you. I know. Oh, the benefits Aaron and Risha and I initiated it, so I'm pretty happy with it. Well, um, that's fair. And I'm starting things off on exactly the adversarial against Michael tone that I like to start all podcasts off with. Uh, yes, even though we uh, always wind up on the same page. Join us. Thank you. From um, a new Tapestry Radio Network podcast that I'm going to let one of them say the name of because I'm afraid of getting it wrong. It's Vampires and Mermaids. Excellent. Mermaids. Um, it's Mermaids and Vampires. Mermaids and Vampires. You're right. You're right. Because <laughs> always go first. <laughs> well, you're the mermaid. I still think it's Mermaids and Vampires, isn't yeah. it? Okay. Yes. Yes. Do we need to look? I think we might. <laughs> Do you have the, the the logo? Just say it really confidently both ways, okay. and Ethan will see yeah, whichever one's correct. <laughs> Again, there's this thing called way. editing. Okay, so yes. we're from Go a ahead. new podcast called Mermaids and Vampires. We're from Wait, a new podcast called Vampires and Mermaids. Very good. Um. And yeah, we will we will just Thank once we God. figure out <laughs> that's embarrassing. Once we figure out for sure, we will just use one of those two takes that you did very nicely and cleanly, and we will edit all of this out definitely and for sure. Oh, definitely, yeah. None of this yep. will show up. <laughs> oh, I up. I gaslit you. You did. <laughs> I think you did too, though. It is well, vampires and mermaids. 
okay, because you said you said mermaids and vampires earlier, so I was going. Oh, off of that. oh yeah. no! Because remember, we were like vamps and mers. So I'm concluding well. that no one knows what the name of this podcast is, but we'll it's unknowable. Have a link to it in the show notes. Perfect. Um, We're doing great. <laughs> Told you I bring the chaos. For joining us, and uh, from what I understand, um, you two are responsible for the book we will be reading uh, today. It is their fault. Uh huh. Um, uh-huh. Before we get to that, I am going to say that. Uh, Michael and I, at least, will be drinking scotch. Are, are you two we joining? We three glasses here in front of us. <laughs> Lovely. I do, so the scotch we're... Sorry, I do feel like I should just do a real quick disclaimer of I am a whiskey person, and I've recently learned I'm typically not a scotch person. <gasps> um, I do know we can't talk about the scotch until like the end. I, I will hold to that. But just if I don't have a good review, just please note because I have no taste. That's all I have to say. You're allowed to have uh, whatever taste you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All 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 reviews are correct reviews, um, even ones that are wrong. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and especially we have a tradition of of the guests are always right on this show. Uh-huh. So um yeah, yeah, you'll you know, you have the review you have and that's just fine. Uh Michael and I usually get into pretty brutal arguments with each other, actually, if we disagree with each other's reviews. It's true. Um, like, I still have a scar. Anyway, we had actually pledged not to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but that said, uh, let's have my wife read the rules so we can get to the drinking and the discussing. Rule one. Once the scotch is poured and the glasses clink, the scotch must not be mentioned at any time. If anyone mentions it, they lose. Rule two. No one's mother should be mentioned in any pejorative sense or any other sense not directly indicated by the text of the book being discussed. If any mothers are mentioned, the mentioner loses. Rule 3. Ethan must never say the phrase, first paragraph. If he does, he loses. Rule 4. Michael must never say the words, vampire, vampiric, or any derivative thereof. If he does, he loses. Rule 5. If anyone has to use the bathroom during an episode, he or she loses. However, this should not stop anyone from doing so because this podcast is anti-UTI. Rule number 6. The wives are entitled to one glass of scotch or some equivalent beverage. Rule number 7. If four scotch-centric episodes pass with no losses, then everyone loses. And what happens if someone breaks the rules? If one person breaks a rule, they receive a punishment in the form of a verbal stunt chosen by the person who did not break the rule. All that being said, everyone, drink responsibly. Yeah, Ethan. Yeah, Michael. Gentle Gentle listener. Thanks, dear. And Uh, we have our other added rules from our guests as well. That was going to be my next... uh, bullet point um mm. so yes uh aaron and, and risha it's tradition that the guests uh get to create a rule for whatever show or shows they are guesting on do you have a rule uh in mind i do um but 
as I was telling Michael earlier, you guys have full permission to veto it because I was very proudly telling my husband how I thought of this funny rule. And he goes, um, you're going to be on a podcast. That's a visual rule. <laughs> <laughs> and he says this to me five minutes before I need to leave the house to come here. Uh, so obviously I was doing really well before I left the house and left my book at home. But uh, my visual rule that we don't actually have to follow is... I know, Michael, you have kids. Um, mm -hmm. Ethan, do you have any kiddos in your life? I don't. Okay, but I believe you're a godfather. I am. Okay, so anyone... Newly minted. Yes, newly minted, <laughs> yes, as is Risha. Um, and anyone who's been around kids for an extended period of time knows the two-hand cup rule. So my rule is if you're going to be drinking your scotch, you have to toddler two-hand your cup. Oh, see, this is very tricky. But we don't have to do that. No, see, I like this rule. Okay. Here's why. Because in order to call it out, you have to break another rule. Oh. oh, oh, I didn't even think of that. Which is a really cool rule for when there do, are four people on the podcast. Right. Do you have to break the rule, though? Can you just, you know, you go, ah, ah, ah. that's tricky. Maybe. I mean, you could just say you broke a rule. Like that sentence would not break the rule. Well, or just that's two true. hand rule. That's true. Or you're just yeah, any number of two hands. Euphemistic. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it, you, the rule is, if you're going to take a drink, you have to hold it with two hands. Two hand to the mouth, toddler style. Can one move the glass with one hand? I think that's fair, okay. especially because I'm sitting here actively just holding a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm most likely shooting me myself and I in the foot with this rule. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, you you actually are are. So do you not have a mic stand? Is no, that the I do. Um, but if I sit up by the table, I have to gotcha. have it over here, and then I'm just. Aww, I know goodbye. I'm kicking Speaking Rich of out. Things that are scintillating in an audio medium. Um, <laughs> yes. No, I love this rule. I think I think uh, I think it will be excellent um, way to really engage our listeners because they will uh, be. <laughs> They can just they will picture have to us as a bunch of toddlers. Yes. Um, <laughs> as most people do when they listen to podcasts, I think. Yes. Uh, <laughs> toddlers yeah. are basically yeah. drunk adults. It's true. So That is true. Yeah. So that's my right. rule. I like it. Did you have one too, Rishi? I do. It's. I might break it, though, is why oh, no. I'm nervous about it. Um, and it's guy. it's very specific to this book. Oh, and it's one that we've already like had issues with, oh, at least when no. we've been talking about it. Is if you say one of the M names wrong. Oh no. Mm. So So if I call Mark Matt. Yeah. Oh, I see. Great. I'm actually like kind of protected from this rule because I can't ever remember any characters. <laughs> Same. <laughs> oh, we'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be like the one who's from out of town, the main yeah. character, him. That one's Ben. The, the writer guy. <laughs> Yes, the writer guy <laughs> and the child. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so, Risha, uh, really specific rule to yourself and Michael. I hope that goes Classic well for both of you. Fashion. You yeah. feel something poetic about that, I feel like. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, that said, let us clink glasses so that the rules go into force. Lakayam. Slancha. <laughs> wow, that was almost the fastest lost in podcast history. 
no. Did you know? I was trying really hard to not let scotch go up my nose. <gasps> <laughs> no. Saves us from breaking a rule. And oh. <laughs> oh, no. oh, heavens. All right. Now, we, the rest of us can still lose. <laughs> I'm the yeah. ruiner. But Risha has just lost. So does that mean she doesn't have to follow any of the rules? Uh, or no, can you she double just gets lose? Another, she would get another verbal stunt punishment if she... Yeah, you can keep losing. <laughs> yep, you can lose again and again and again. Ow. You um, can never win the podcast, but you can right. lose it multiple times. I'm so now, mad. You're the host, Ethan. Do we punish her right away? Yeah. <laughs> now, was that a yeah as in yes, please? Or was that a yeah as in yeah, Ethan makes a decision? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> well, given that we are already punishing you almost immediately as one of your guests, <laughs> as one of our guests, rather, I, I can find it only fitting to acquiesce to your request in terms of immediate punishment. Thanks. Um, so bear with us, gentle listener, or indeed skip ahead a few uh, if you don't want to hear it, but uh, you do want to hear it because of the punishment we are about to visit upon Risha. I don't, I didn't have a punishment prepared. Oh, that's okay. I was wondering, you're like, oh, skip ahead a few, and I'm like, you don't have anything planned, do you? That's okay. Unless, do you, Aaron, if you want to punish Risha, you can. If you have Actually, a yes. stunt that you want to impose <laughs> yeah, upon her, you can do like a I tongue have... twister, make her sing a song, make oh, her goodness. read something backwards oh. as fast as she can. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm I'm not good on the spot. That's fine. That's okay. Do you have a suggestion, Michael? Otherwise, I can come up with something. Well, I was, you know, along the lines of um, we have we have this book in front of us. We can right. do. I, I've made you do this before, where you read backwards. Oh gosh! What am I reading? Yeah, back? that's true. Um, so From the end or where? Well, let's pick a spot here. Okay. Um, what what chapter? There are several. Just the words, right? Not like the oh, letters. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 not the like, letters. Oh. Not too much. <laughs> I was like, oh god, I'm about to look real dumb. <laughs> My visual processing is not up to that task. <laughs> we could also do the. Uh, oh, we've got the Emperor of Ice Cream poem by Wallace Stevens yes. at the beginning of part two. Let's have you read that oh. again backwards. You have it. Let me let me see go. it from yours. Starts on two sixty four and then go back to two sixty three. I know it's different different page numbers, but there you go. So read every word backwards. All of these? From for the Emperor yeah. of Ice Cream. Just like Oh, this one from yep. there. Okay. Yep. Cream ice of Emperor, the is Emperor only the Beam it's a fix lamp the let. <laughs> Dumb and is she cold how show too. Come they, protrude feet, horny her if. <laughs> her face cover to as so it spread, and once fantails, three embroidered she, which on sheet that, knobs glass three the lacking, deal of dresser the from take. Cream ice of emperor, the is emperor only the <laughs> scene of finale. <laughs> Final. B B let. Newspapers, months, last, in flowers bring. 
boys the let and where to used are they as? Dress such in doddle, wenches the let. Curds, concupiscent, cups, the kitchen in. Whip him bid, and one muscular the. Cigars big of roller the call. Cream ice of emperor the. Curds. <laughs> One of these days, by doing this uh, punishment, we're going to accidentally summon a demon. <laughs> I bet the views would go up. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> what? Um, so mad. <laughs> Richard, I do have to say that was wonderfully well read to the point that, like, I almost felt like it was coherent. I'm like kind of offended how well you did that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're the kid I don't want to like go after after like read aloud in class. I'm like reading ahead, figuring out where I'm reading, and then you go before me. I'm like, oh, she didn't mess up. Oh no, now I'm gonna be the idiot. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. Like you also did a really stellar job of like reading all of the words in the actual backwards order and getting the right words, which. As someone who has done this challenge before, is harder than it sounds. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, thank you. Thank I'm you. sorry you're mad at Michael for punishing you like that. Uh, <laughs> and if you choose to take it out on him later, you know that's understandable. If I um, let anybody. That said, you uh, know it's coming. Well done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just scared to say anything now. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, don't talk about uh, what Risha talked about. Um, I was already being reminded of the time we had Jacob Kempert on the podcast, and he made us, all three of us, pick like alternative names yes. from the world of the book we were reading and only refer to ourselves and each other by those names. Yep. Oh, goodness. Well, that was pretty challenging. Yep. Um, I don't. That was supposed to make you guys feel better. I don't know if it did. That's okay. Uh, I liked <laughs> anyway. it. I had to say leaky way too often. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I just like. That... It was. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I just liked that in the middle of that very eloquent reading. I glance over and see Michael doing this perfect little two-handed sip with his scotch, <laughs> and it just made me very happy. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't want to talk anymore. I don't want to talk. All right. I'm going to make, as the host, I'm going to make this rule for these episodes of the podcast, which is that guests cannot be punished for breaking the same rule. Oh, thank God. We never get anywhere. Exactly. Twice. So I can be punished. Oh, you just okay. can't be punished yeah, again. Oh, okay. Gosh. Yeah. It, it was a mercy. It wasn't it wasn't taking anything. No, we like. Goodness <laughs> gracious. All right. Well, Risha, would you uh, like to do the honors of punishing Aaron? I was so proud. It wasn't me first. <laughs> <laughs> just a two-hand sip. Oh. Aaron is taking a very delicate two-handed sip. <laughs> says, um, and I did almost just lose. You heard ah. that right? Uh-huh. Uh, I... Richard, did you have any ideas or should Michael I, I want you to do a tongue twister. Oh, Ooh, gosh. I'm go. so bad at these, but okay. <gasps> <gasps> I'm going to go get a towel while you work on this. We're never asked back. <laughs> Some chaos. This is the least work I've ever had to do on a podcast. <laughs> I well, that's good. Until you have to go edit it. <laughs> You're 
be like, oh finished. no. This was three hours of footage for a 45 minute episode. Yeah. <laughs> a beverage was toppled. You had a oh really- yeah. I, now I keep forgetting that they can't see us, so. Yes, a, a beverage was toppled. Uh, surprisingly quick reflexes, though. Yeah. A good amount of, of drink was saved. See, I just don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you, you followed the rules even though you technically didn't have to. Oh, I guess that's fair. I can't be punished. Well, I can still lose. I just can't be punished. I right. That's I don't fair. want to be a Thank loser. You for- <laughs> Thank you for adjudicating the, <laughs> the law properly. <laughs> All right. What's my tongue twister? I can't even do the like, she sells seashells by the seashore i have a hard time with even that (laughs) i had to think about it really hard because i feel like i need to say the tongue twister for you to do it okay well can i do that hold it in front of her well i don't have the lyrics oh okay well yeah you can say it i can say it yeah i mean that's then it just becomes a challenge of like repetition right okay (laughs) okay um no we'll do this one instead Irish wristwatch strap shop. No, you know I hate this one. Okay. That's me. Irish wristwatch strap shop. You did it. Irish wristwatch strap shop. Okay, that one wasn't terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Excellent work. I feel like Risha was like kinder to Aaron than the rest of us were to Risha. She's she's very nice to me. (laughs) She's my work bestie though, so. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh... Well, speaking of work besties, uh, <laughs> today we are reading. Let's Salem get to work, Plot besties. By... <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, that would have been so much better. Say it again. Minutes. Say it again. Say it again. Oh, thank you. Yes, I forgot that we can edit this. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of work besties, uh, today our book that we're discussing <laughs> is Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Yes. Th- was that. Do I, do I need to take another run or? You're perfect. Ethan. Golden. <laughs> Thank you. Stunning. Um, you I mean, that. I knew that. I just wanted to hear you guys say it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just flipped to the one page that I dog-eared in this whole book, which is page 518 in the um, paperback edition. And good news, I have no idea why I dog-eared it. Yay! <laughs> Give me some context. It's the deserted village section, the lot four chapter. So, Ethan and Michael, do you guys have the same edition? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm fairly certain. It's I it's do. section fifteen yes. of the chapter, the lot four. Yes. Risha, I, I was I just remarking one. that I didn't have any idea why I dog-eared that page. I have nothing else about uh, this. Wait, you said the lot four. Um, yeah, the lot four. That said, it's farther back. Uh, it occurs to me. Oh, the lot. I we, we have a semi-traditional practice on this show and by semi-traditional i mean we only remember to do it some of the time which is where we pause a moment and give the listener a chance to read the novel that's true Uh, and i did want to make sure to do it with this one because being a stephen king novel it um you know it is the sort of novel that can be spoiled that if you like surprises in a text uh uh you know this is this is one that kind of tries to do that to you uh, so, as as we always say, uh, we're going to pause here, and <clears throat> after we come back from our pause, uh, after you have, of course, paused the podcast tape and um, uh, read the whole 
entirety of Salem's Lot by Stephen King, um, then uh, you will come back and we will do a spoiler-filled discussion. If you don't want to read the book and don't care about spoilers, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> and given the way that the first part of this episode has gone, like we probably won't talk about the book that much anyway. So, uh, Solid chance, but then oh I can't screw gosh. up the names. <laughs> Uh, Michael has chosen to follow the sippy cup rule while also holding his copy of the book. Um, I like the sippy cup rule. It's good. The sippy cup rule. It's good. That also sounds like a, a title of like a middle grade novel sometimes. We might need to um, get sippy cups. Maybe for movie night tomorrow. <gasps> See, we're already off topic. So anyway. Uh, Read the book. <laughs> actually this, this actually uh, this amount of prevaricating <laughs> reminded me of the question i had decided hours ago would be my first question oh yes which is uh aaron and risha you are responsible for the fact that we are discussing this very book Indeed. and my question to you is why well, you wanna do you wanna take this? Yeah, I definitely yeah. can. I don't remember who brought it up first. Um, but Risha and I worked together. That's how we met, that's how we became best friends. And one of us brought up around spooky season, I think it was early September, mm-hmm. that neither of us had ever read anything by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to. Now, for some context, I myself cannot watch horror, like any oh. horror movies. I am a absolute baby about it. I do not do well. Risha I love it. Yes. I love them. <laughs> but I've read like some Gillian Flynn novels that can get a little more graphic. And I was kind of on that. I think I can read it, but I don't think I can watch it train. And that's kind of like what Michael said during the um, Shirley Jackson, right? Yes, I think the, so. Yeah. Yeah. The haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of my situation. And I said I really wanted to try reading Stephen King because he's an iconic writer. Mm-hmm. But I was a little nervous to do it alone. And I wanted some motivation. So if I did get really scared, I at least had to finish it. I had a little bit of, like, positive peer pressure. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned it to Risha. And she said, sure, let's do it. And we weren't sure which one because he has wrote a plethora of books. Um, and our boss is actually the one who recommended it to us. Yeah. She freaked out that we hadn't read it yet. And that was kind of how we dove into it. Not even knowing that it has a vampire theme. Yeah, we didn't know anything Ooh. about the premise at all. And that was when our podcast was early, early baby. Yeah. So that was extra fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were like, hey, let's force these guys into doing it. <laughs> I was like, Michael, you need to read this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Michael was like, Ethan and I long ago created the one and only way to force each other to read things <laughs> that we haven't all, you know, chosen to read ourselves. And it's that you have to then discuss it with us over a beverage while yelling into a microphone for two hours. It's true. Amazing. Yep. Cool. Um, so then uh, for Aaron and Risha, is this both the only Stephen King novel that you have read? Yes. I think I've what? read, I did realize after we read this, I read one or two short stories by Stephen King. Oh, yes. But I've never read a full book, but he does have a handful of short stories, and I've read yeah. one or two of those. I but think that's he it. even has a sequel to this book in a short story version. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He's, 
He's released at least one collection, like book-length collection of short stories, maybe more than one. And I read the first two out of that collection, I think. So it was my <laughs> brother-in-law's, and he left it at my house. Oh, ah. nice. <laughs> Uh, Michael, is this your first experience with Stephen King? It is not. Uh, I read uh, one other book by Stephen King, The Stand. Um, okay. I read this that years ago. Okay. So I have read a few Stephen King books. I'm actually trying to remember. Um, he, of course, one of one of his better known sets of works is the Dark Tower series, mm. which is um, seven books that kind of follow the Harry Potter rule where the first three are like a reasonable length and then they just oh, keep just getting keep... longer and longer. <laughs> and so I've read the, the three reasonable ones. Um, and then I know I read the book I'm trying to find it here. Cause I couldn't remember what it was called. It was a more recent one. It was something about a, it was something about a, um, Oh, it's called revival. And it was like, if you took a Lovecraftian horror and then used it to like a, like a preacher story, like a like an Elmer Gantry type story, um, which worked better than it sounds. Nice. Uh, there's elements of like Frankenstein in it too. Um, and I was just scanning here because I feel like I've read a couple others by him. And I can't remember for sure. Ethan, do you not have um, Goodreads? No. <sighs> I what just, I have, <laughs> I just checked, and I'm I'm sad. I am I am sorry about that. What I do instead of Goodreads is. I still have the blog that I started in about 2008, mm-hmm. no, 2005, mm-hmm. that I used to blog on very intensely. Okay. For, for the younger listeners, a blog is something we all <laughs> used to do in high school, and usually what they were for was like thinking that one day you were going to be famous while actually just kind of writing thinly veiled love letters to your crush, or takedowns of like whatever friend of yours you were like mad at that day um we we had two very different blogs (laughs) (laughs) uh i I sometimes do this trick where i say things as if they are general experiences when they are actually very specific experiences um well if you want one thing i if you want specific um i showed horses and i had a gossip blog about the equestrian circuit that i showed on Um, which, so for the record, <laughs> I, I did like small time county shows, so it wasn't even, <laughs> even that exciting. Show. Yeah, no, no one ever read it. I had like a handful of avid listeners from I think like China and Taiwan, and like two from Canada, and they, that was it. Yeah, that track. This is the first time since like 2008 that the phrase has entered my head. I want to read that blog. <laughs> I think I've deleted it. I'm pretty oh, sure no. it's very archived. <laughs> that's that's fair. I just like I have a great love for like tea that it, I am not at all remotely yes! involved in. Yes, I tell you constantly. I hate drama in my own life, but oh my gosh, if it's someone else's, you tell me all the details. I am here for it. <laughs> going on down oh crap's going on down the road you tell me about it yeah this is a family podcast we don't know that's what that's why i said it again i I appreciate it it's okay we we bleep all the all the adult words um and by bleep i probably mean just like silence them because i lost my bleep sound effect anyway uh i'll send you another one blogs before blogs um Oh, no, I just want to talk Good about reads. blogs and tea now. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I forgot. Oh, you I, so you were asking about Goodreads. Yep. And I was going to say, 
the only thing I have used my blog for for about the past 12 years is just keeping an annual list of all of the books that I have read. Um, so I do have that, but it is not searchable and not <laughs> like interactive. I guess you could probably technically leave a comment. Uh, Considering so anyway. you have a podcast where you talk about books, uh, you should maybe consider getting Goodreads. I have tried in the past, okay. and I just like feel like, and no offense to any old people listening, but I feel like an old person encountering a new technology for the first time, where it's like, <laughs> this is get the hang of a bull, but it's too overwhelming, and I just like give up before See, I get there. Aaron, the thing you need to know about Ethan is he is, if you look, if you get a dictionary, and that's for the kids out there, this old heavy <laughs> book that used to serve it's as like a book a... into other books, and you turn to the C section and go way towards the end of the C section in this dictionary and look up the word curmudgeon. It just shows a picture of each Okay. <laughs> Considering awesome. that we just had to remind ourselves that this was a family <laughs> podcast, I thought you were referencing a very different keyword. <laughs> Did you not see us ASL's talk? finger spell to each other? Like, is he going to say? <laughs> Which I did that left-handed, by the you way. You did. I'm, I'm, I'm very so pleased that I could misdirect all of you. <laughs> curmudgeon. <laughs> you are such a curmudgeon. I love that. <laughs> um, anyway, Take I've all completely out. lost what we were talking about. <laughs> well, so. we were in other uh, Stephen King books that you yeah. have read. Oh yes, thank you. I was just doing that for context. Um, so the first forty-five minutes of this podcast is context. And I mean, losing. to be fair, the first forty-five minutes of this podcast usually is context, but it would usually involve more like one of us tracing the history of the horror novel back to like yeah. the late eighteenth-century Gothic. Uh, uh, explosion. Um, Except this horror novel's backstory is Aaron's childhood horse showing. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually talking, telling my parents about having read a Stephen King novel, and it like unburied a memory. I don't know if, if you guys were aware of this. Like, if, it was like a very early audience phenomenon of child literary magazines, like literary magazines that. Um, we're open to submissions usually from kids ages like 12 to 18. Uh, and my dad was asking me like, if I thought Stephen King had always been sort of twisted and, and macabre. Mm. And I remembered one of these magazines, which I got because I wanted to submit to it because I was that kid. Um, and like Stephen King had written a special introduction for this issue in which he included the text of a story that he himself had written at like age 14. And it was like, it was like a guy in a car, you know, in the, he's like in the middle of nowhere and he car breaks down or something. And there's like a hotel randomly out in the middle of nowhere. And he goes into the hotel and like, uh, you know, gets the key to the room. And I forget what the mechanism, like, I don't know if he like is given a special hotel drink or something, but like somehow he ends up, like frozen immobile and then the proprietor of the hotel like carries him down to a room where he has like a whole bunch of frozen immobile people like at a wax museum or something nice um so the answer and... is yes <laughs> yeah <I'm> sure <laughs> yes wow
That's a lot for a 14-year-old. <laughs> right? I mean, See, the thing you need to know about Ethan, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> he was born a curmudgeon. Well, I meant that's a lot for 14-year-old Stephen King to write about. Oh, sure. I, <laughs> sure is. Just throwing Ethan under the bus. Well, of course I will. Michael has one bit and like... <laughs> It's in spice. fairness to him, he makes it, he, you know, stretches it out. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. It's inexhaustible. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that word is Oh, the one, other, one <laughs> other thing I know about Stephen King is that I, I, I don't know where I heard this, so I might be repeating lies and made up facts, but um, supposedly he was very close to his mother. So in a lot of, especially his earlier books, there are mothers who die in like an emotionally impactful way, which he did as like an act of love to <laughs> show his mother how much he cared about her and how sad he would be if she died. <laughs> Mommy which issues is like the... check out here. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You were like his mom and him were really close. I was like, ah, oh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, did you uh, did you feel like that came up in this book? He just gave mommy issue vibes a little bit. Yeah, and like I... what like. Well, well, the Elaborate. author, but oh, see, the names are going to confuse me. The the young boy who ends up tagging along with Ben um, definitely has a, a fairly close relationship with his parents, but it was mm-hmm. also a very transparent relationship where he had a much more mature understanding of their mm-hmm. dynamic. Um, One might say he's precocious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think he had a lot of insight into his parents' marriage, mm. oh, yeah. more so than what a kid his age would typically have. Um mm. So I did feel like there was a lot of emphasis on the parents there where maybe there wouldn't have had to be, but it was it was a good like character rounding because when you're a kid that is your whole world. Well, and they do get there like his mother does die tragically. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's right. Yeah. You know, so um Susan's mom also comes into it, I believe. She's mm-hmm. like very overprotective. Mm-hmm. Very overprotective. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um But there oh. there is the mother that like is not a good mother at all in the book, too. Mm. <laughs> the Glicks yeah. mother, the two boys. Well, the one oh. boy who goes missing, and then yeah. Danny, I think, is the second one who passes. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's kind of viewed as a little ethereal, I feel like. Yeah, she's yeah. very much the heartbroken, yeah. amazing mom who just loses it all. Mm-hmm. Wait, which mother were you thinking of, Risha? The one with the baby. Oh, yes. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I forgot about her. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like that was the beginning of the book was going and I was like, all right. I mean, I can see you're setting up the tale. Like this is the town. Everybody's here. And then, oh, okay, we're in this. Uh, boom. This happens. You are with the mother and the baby. And yeah, beating your eating the child. Yeah. Like, holy cow. And then it's just, oh, we're back to the town. Everything's normal. <laughs> it's like, oh That's... my gosh, I have whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> From the one other Stephen King book I've read, The Stand, that like that pattern where he just kind of does this survey of the town yeah. and inserts and a lot of it is very matter of fact yeah. just put in there and then this shocking event happens in more or less the same tone that that's very Stephen King in my recollection of the two books now that I've read by him <laughs> so I'm certainly an authority on the matter uh, of discussing his patterns of writing. But yes, that's something that I've noticed. Well, it's still interesting though. Yes. Uh, to be fair, like the only other book you've read, Michael, is The Stand, which is considered A, one of his seminal works still. Right. And B, certainly in terms of page count, like 
if only reading one book makes you a Stephen King authority, it would probably be that one just by <laughs> literal volume. Sure. Um, so there's that. Uh, cool. I have no other thoughts about mothers. Uh, <laughs> so wait, I thought we well, weren't allowed have... to talk about anyone's mothers in any pejorative set, <laughs> sense or any, any other sense, sense. Not, not indicated, directly by, okay. indicated okay. by the book. Just wanted to confirm. <laughs> Thank you. I was thinking the same uh, thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is actually dangerous territory for the only two people who haven't lost the podcast so far. Um, Rip. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll go home and drink later. It, it feels so rude to like have punished both of you immediately, but also like it's like Michael and I will lay traps for each other, which is actually sort of what I assumed Risha was doing by having us read this book. I just assumed this was all a sisterly well, trap. Your yes. origin story. What's that? Yes. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> classic youngest sibling <laughs> taking yeah. the credit uh, i think the only other book i've had you guys read was snowflower and the secret fan yep mm. and that one didn't have a trap but i at the end you were just kind of like i don't know if we have the perspective to talk about this, <laughs> this is all about a woman and her life <laughs> Well, to be fair, not only a woman, but like a woman from a yes. culture we were also deeply unfamiliar with. Yes. Right. Two um, white men. Oh, no. More yeah, exactly. Fully yeah. Understand that it was, kudos to you guys for acknowledging it, though. <laughs> I mean, really, all that is is us covering our butts so that if we say something just like unforgivably stupid, right. it's like, well, they would. Um, exactly. exactly. And we know we would. And yeah. And like, you know how if you do a problematic thing, but you acknowledge that you did do the problematic thing, that makes it okay? Exactly. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's, that's fair. Uh, yeah. So, uh, something that Aaron and Risha that you guys said earlier in talking about, um, sort of why we all ended up reading Salem's Lot in the first place made me curious. And maybe we'll just kind of go around the horn, starting with whichever of the two of you wants to wants to go first. Um, did this book scare you? Ooh. Oh. I don't think this book scared me. Um, it definitely had a little bit of a creep element for it. Um yeah just kind of that like ooh, spine tingle moment yeah. i think i had one or two of those um honestly this this goes along with confirming for me that i can't watch horror but i can read it much more comfortably because there's only ever been one book that i've been honest to goodness scared reading um and that was i'll be gone in the dark by michelle mcnamara about the golden state killer that's ooh. a true story and it's a really, really interesting read. It's a very good read. There are a lot of trigger warnings. Um, sure. I don't necessarily, I recommend it if that is something you know you are safe and comfortable reading, but it has a lot of very dark material. Um, that is the only book that I actually got honest to goodness scared. Um, to the point I was living alone at the time, uh, I would go check every closet before bed. Uh, and one Ooh. night I didn't do that. And my cat went and pawed at the closets because she knew that was the Ooh. habit. Uh, and that scared me even more because now I have a cat scratching at a closet door and I'm like, oh my gosh, someone's in there anyway. Uh, but no, I don't think I was necessarily scared. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. It, it definitely had to, I 
creepy moments or like, oh my gosh, I hope somebody doesn't die. Um, but that's kind of also, I, I watch scary movies and now I've gotten to the point too with those where it is more of a, it's it's a comfort creep. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> that's, like, that's a phrase. <laughs> like, I feel like the comfort creeps would be like an early 2000s like pop punk band. Uh-huh. It's just like I, I Sorry, feel was... this is something that's like <laughs> like the spine tingly and and it's like it's not comfortable but it's it's just it's it's there and it's kind of what I wanted from this sure mm-hmm. but it's not gonna do anything worse than that. I had more like oh my gosh I can't wait till Risha gets to this part in the book so we can talk about it. <laughs> that was I think my main you thing. You slammed through it. I did. Yeah. Mm. Um, Michael, same question. Uh, okay, so no, it didn't scare me. Um, so I, before I'm not giving my rating on this, if if I had any more overwhelming feeling, negative feeling, perhaps it was annoyance <laughs> at certain times. Oh, <laughs> I got annoyed more than scared. Okay, um, and. So this might be part of uh, the the unique perspective, as I understand it, that I came to this book with compared to the rest of you. I knew the twist before oh, I read it. Oh, okay. I, it had been spoiled for me. I forget when, but I've always known ah. that this what this book was about. Um, probably it had to do with my freshman roommate in college, um, uh, who is very into Stephen King, and is the. I don't want to say he's the reason I never read the Dark Tower series, but he's kind of the reason I never read the Dark Tower series because he was so into it and then he started complaining about the last oh. one in the series and I was like, okay, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother then. <laughs> um, but uh, was very into horror and all of that stuff. So probably that's where that came from. So I knew what the, the twist was so I could see it all coming. So maybe a little bit of it was like the hand was tipped so I was like, stop trying to fool me. I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Just get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Um, I guess I want to go around the horn one more time. Well, with Ethan, a you didn't, question. Were, were you scared? Oh. He uh, deliberately didn't answer that. Yeah. <laughs> I. No, I'll just say that. No, I was not scared. I don't know. And this feels like the sort of dare that you like sort of put out into the world. Um, in in sort of the vibe of like if you want to hear God laugh make a plan but I don't know that books or movies can truly scare me um, and yeah. I, I was planning to address this more after after the next question but it, it works either way which is that to me like I think partly because I've spent most of my life reading and in some way studying um, both film and literature, like there's always an analytical part of my brain that's active, even when I'm using the imaginative part and, and enjoying a story. Um, and something about that part, I always have a consciousness of like, well, this is this is a book. Like, yeah. whatever, whatever. If I'm if I'm feeling scared, I can just do this, and like it goes away, or I can hit pause on the tethers film you. or whatever. Yeah, like. Horror films, like, I, I think things on screen especially can, like, disturb me, or there might be things, like, I wish I hadn't seen or hadn't read, but, like, 
that feeling of being actively scared doesn't really usually happen for me um, with media. Uh, and again, it's just it's just the consciousness that there's always a screen there, or there's always you know a a book I can I can shut. Um, and I think part of the reason I was interested in this, and um, I'll, I'll I'll say the next bit as context for the follow up question, which is that. It's fascinating to me that um, with horror specifically, there's almost like a paradox almost at the heart of the genre, whether we're talking about movies or or um, books or what have you, um, which is that like the thing the thing that horror says on the tin is like, this will be scary, like this will scare you. Um, mm. And that that's like people who are fans of it, that's like the it's that comfortable scared. I forget what phrase Risha used. A few the months comfort ago, like, creep. Yeah. Yeah. The comfort creep. Um, that great. It's what all, the, new, it's what all the kids are doing on the dance floor nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Do nowadays in 1959. The comfort um, creep. And, uh, yeah. But so get like, consent you know, first. There, there's that comfort <laughs> creep. What's that? But get consent first. Oh my gosh. We're throwing a lot of Thank C you. words around lately. Um, Wow, you completely, you're like, my train of thought was like a, roaring through the French countryside, and you're like, and it was a Nazi train, and your French partisans just like blew it off the tracks with that remark. Um, well, and I'm not sorry if it was a Nazi train. Yeah, that's fair. I kind of set myself up there. Uh, oh, okay. So the paradox at the heart of the horror genre is like, that's what it promises, right? It's literally there in the name. Horror. You will be horrified. You will be... Mm if comfortably um, <laughs> and uh but like to me the feeling of of fright or of being scared is like one of the most subjective feelings imaginable like what scares you and 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 when and why and how you will be scared is like varies so much from person to person mm. um to the point that, like, wh where the paradox comes in for me is, like, in the fact that there are, like, best-selling horror writers or classic horror writers that implies that someone somewhere has figured out how to scare enough people consistently enough that, like, it, it, you know, the, the experience is repeatable and the technique is repeatable. Like, the fact that there can be a consistently best-selling horror writer... Uh, like a Stephen King just seems a little bit baffling to me. Like I don't understand it in um, a, a fundamental way that I don't think is true about like most other genres of literature. Like mm -hmm. most, most genres I at least get intellectually what the appeal is, even if I don't share it necessarily. Well, it's um, a, it's a, it's a voluntary buying in of the, of the audience, right? You just lost by the way. Ethan just uh, took a drink with one hand. <laughs> um, can I oh. kind of science nerd out really quick on that topic? Yes, that yeah, interesting. Um, so for some quick background, I have an animal science degree focused on um, the biomedical side. So a lot of hormones, um, neural tracking, drugs, that kind of thing. Um, it has been a while since I was out of that. Uh, so forgive me if there are some technical blurs here. Um, but some of the interesting things 
Ooh, that was a nice pour. Uh, <laughs> some of the really interesting things about fear um, can be shown in a lot of animals that we also experience. Um, so, for example, a lot of prey animals have eyes on the side of their head. So your mm. horses, your deer, it gives them a wider range of vision. They are naturally more intimidated by animals like humans or dogs that have eyes on the front of their head and have large canines. They are predisposed to be scared of that specifically because it is an innate threat. Um, so kind of along that same thread, you can kind of figure out an equation for what makes the average human tick just biologically because we're predisposed for certain things um, like abnormalities. So, for example, really large eyes tend to creep a lot of people out. Mm. Um, that's a physical abnormality that for some reason we're predisposed to be scared of. Um same with really pale people. That's also something we have a tendency to think of as creepy. Uh, that's a predisposition to stay away from people who are diseased or suffering from some type mm. of abnormality. Um, following along with that, when we have that innate rush that you can get over, right? If you're exposed to something long enough, I have two horses. They see my dog all the time. My dog is not very intimidating, but <laughs> they do not see her as a threat anymore. <laughs> that has worn off. Um, so it absolutely can wear off, but humans have enough of a complex brain that they can get a little bit addicted to that epinephrine rush where mm. all of a sudden all your senses are heightened, right? And when you have your epinephrine rush, <laughs> Rish is nodding along. She's like, horror, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> certain things increase. So when you it's feel like, under yes, attack, <laughs> right? when you feel under attack, things like your heart rate increases to get more blood to your extremities. So you can run, you can fight, you can get away quicker. Mm. Um, your vision has a tendency to tunnel in and focus on things more specifically. So you're going to notice certain things in your line of vision more clearly and with more color. Um, your hearing might increase, but your body can only sustain that for short periods of time. Um, and then eventually it's just not sustainable. If it is, that's where you can run into things. It's only meant for short bursts. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, Channeling. Um, oh, shoot. Yeah, what's his name from yeah, Galaxy yeah. Quest? Oh, I said Gimli twice. Yeah, no, so not Gimli. Not Gimli. Wrong. Galaxy Quest. What's his name? Which Sp uh, Snape. Um, oh! Alan Rickman? Alan Rickman from Galaxy yes. Quest, yes. His name was pushing, down, pushing down the uh, the the turbo button. Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, yes, it is, it is only meant it's for the turbo short bursts. Um, and if someone's been exposed to... What a worthwhile aside. Thank you. I love that. That's amazing. But if someone's been exposed like to... The amount of time it took was definitely worth it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, if someone's exposed to long periods of that time, um, so for example, war or home domestic violence or something like that, you can develop mm -hmm. PTSD because your body has been in that situation for too long. Mm -hmm. um, on a less aggressive scale... That can just kind of wear off. You can get used to the horror movies. They're they're a comfort creep now, and you're just always <laughs> kind of hunting for that next high a little bit. And so it actually does go down to a biological parts of your brain responding to things that are innately scary, um, which is actually for your own benefit because it's trying to prevent you from predators and disease. Uh, but we as humans decided that that's a lot of fun. <laughs> so and that sums Same up our we race. ride roller coasters. Yeah. Right. Yes. So there's my my total nerd tangent. You can cut that whole thing out because it might not have no, actually I love been very relevant. Cars. Okay. Cool. I love that. And I think 
I I love it. I don't, and it doesn't have to, but I don't think it necessarily answers the question. It it doesn't, but it, I think it kind of tangents it, off why yeah, people are connects. so into horror and why if you yeah. figure out that equation of what freaks out the general populace, you can become the mm. horror writer or the horror director because you figured out well, how to give people those little rushes of epinephrine just enough that you're not wearing them out, but you keep yeah. giving them that panic high. Balancing that line of predictable and thrilling mm-hmm. yes. you know just like riding the same roller coaster over and over again right you know, working at valley fair i had people who were were addicted to certain rides and they would ride the same one over and over again mm-hmm. and you know season pass holders who would come in every day during their summer vacation and ride the same ride over and over all day it's a thing you know so it's the same thing with you know Stephen King being a bestseller, he's got his fan base and like that fan base can also attract others to come in for one book or a few at a time. Uh, and they're going to read the same books that he comes out with because that he's got this predictable streak being you, this author. You know his equation works you for your brain. You know his equation. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it connects with your brain. So you're going to get the same same ups ride. and downs, same yeah. turn, twists and turns and you're going to get the thrill that you want and know that you're safe all along the way anyway. Yeah, like Aaron is actually almost as soon as it was out of my mouth I I was like maybe I'm maybe I am lying because yeah, in in ways that you you both have just brought out like yeah, that explains it's it's certainly an answer to the question uh, I mean, I'm like, also very science minded and mm-hmm, not literary sure, yes. minded. So it's definitely I feel like that like BS versus BA, like where where's your brain focus? <laughs> For me, it answers it because I'm like, well, I can tell you why your brain is scared of that because, you know, biologically and evolutionarily. <laughs> but for people who are more literary focused or arts focused, mm-hmm. I understand that that's not an answer to that question for you. Well, and that's OK. I mean, it, it may be an answer in that it may just be because you don't have to. A thing that people, I think, tend to forget is like for a movie to be, you know, success, commercially successful, it has to have millions of viewers mm. um, for a book to get on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, it usually has to sell like 20,000 copies, I want to say. Mm. So like it could just be that, you know, someone like Stephen King has 100,000 people who he's figured out the equation for. And that's very different than figuring it out for everyone right um and so you know that that may be the thing um i guess part of part of my response to the question of uh did did this book scare me and part of the reason that my next follow-up question which we may not get to or we may get to next episode (laughs) or we may get to it this episode i don't know uh, who knows? Uh, I don't know who's running this this thing anyway. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to be you. The Nazis but we keep are driving over. the train. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, Risha has the something. The next question was going to be, do you think Stephen King meant for this book to scare you? Risha, you had your hand up. Well, so I want to I wanna know, don't you have to do a punishment? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You lost. That will happen. Oh, okay. We usually... <laughs> Classic youngest sibling right there. Yeah. Um, oh, aren't you in all... trouble? Isn't this supposed to be fair? First of all, thank you for reminding the teacher about the homework. Um... I was that kid. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing we met after school. <laughs> um, usually, usually we wait till the end. We only punished you two right away because it was like at the beginning and that made sense. Um, and also okay. because you asked for it, oh, literally, okay. Richard. <laughs> I did. Um, <laughs> Consent was given. And then it 
it felt only fair to then punish Aaron at the same. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have to justify this. I'm the leader. Um, <laughs> this isn't he's even the our Nazi driving the train. <laughs> uh, oh gosh. So, like, my own reaction to horror is usually that, like, I like horror when it's doing things other than, like, and not other than, but like, in addition to the horror. So, like, I love Shirley Jackson. Um, Partly because she's doing so much more than like just writing a haunted house book or right. um, whatever whatever uh, given story it is, um, <laughs> and like I guess to me like I, I think this about like slasher films for example like mostly the point of slasher films the reason you watch a slasher film is like you want you want those blood and guts right right um, so I very rarely even bother to watch a slasher film and of the ones I have watched, like I very rarely enjoy them because to me, the blood and guts isn't like horrifying or terrifying. It's just like boring. So like once you detach from that emotional reaction, it's just like, there's no story. This is just, just murders. I have the Um, perhaps like inkling of a theory slash hypothesis about this that it's not even a hypothesis. It's just like an observation that these categories might be worthless anyway. But there, there's a fine line, I think, amongst these, and maybe even a Venn diagram. But so you can you can you can intentionally titillate, right, or tease, and that creates the the that's that's the kitty ride to keep my amusement park analogy going, right? Um, and then you on the further end of the spectrum you can shock and that's that's not even a ride that's being punched in the face by a clown that happens to be walking down the midway alongside you right um and then you can i love this metaphor and it is coherent (laughs) i don't like it and then at least one of those things is true (laughs) (laughs) you lost risha clowns Uh Uh (laughs) and then and then you can you can incite that. fear, you can terrify, you can horrify, which are different things, um, but those are maybe more in the middle uh, of the two extremes of titillating and shocking. And stop it, Aaron! <laughs> I can see you wincing every time I say the word titillate. <laughs> titillating is a perfectly PG-rated word. I don't know what problem any of you might have. I didn't say a word. This is a podcast. No one can see my reactions, sir. You're the one bringing attention. I didn't say a single thing. I have been good. <laughs> well. Of the last two statements, you made one of them is true. Um, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so, okay, so well, that that leads to a, a point that I wanted to make about this this book and uh, Stephen King's style in general. I think he he vacillates over that spectrum, perhaps, of titillating, and then going through the terror and the horror, and going all the way over to the shock and swinging back. Um, and the shock, you know, the, part of the shock is it has to come out of nowhere, right? You know, you have to think mm-hmm. you're totally safe and things need to be totally peaceful and pastoral and whatever. And then the, the shock comes out of nowhere. And that's where, you know, in the baby's room, you've had, you've got the mother who's Ugh. beating up her kid, right? You know, that's the shock. Mm-hmm. That's not horror. That's shock. 
And so he's he's swung into that mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um, and then he's trying to keep in... in and, and so by virtue of having such big books a lot of the time, and not all of his books are, are this big, but, you know, with that sweeping view of the town where he can he can give you these little pictures of people throughout he can he can experiment the whole way through that those chapters you know every chapter that he's got of the lot where he's just got the lot as the character and he's following that character you can get all of those different perspectives on it and he can he can experiment a little bit throughout that whole thing yeah yeah i like it i like that uh, I feel like there's a lot more territory to explore here, but we mm-hmm. are um, definitely uh, running up against our time. Um, so since there's absolutely nothing else to do in this episode, uh, we I don't I, I'm seeing some sassy looks from from the other uh, what video feed was there was there something that I forgot about? Or? Well, I think so. Yeah. Because <laughs> you lost. You're just gonna say yes and not. A... <laughs> well, you lost. You lost. Oh, did I? Yeah, you drank your beverage I... one-handed. Oh, I did. Yes, Sippy and cup rule. And the youngest child got sassy earlier, and you guys redirected her and said, "Oh, we'll do it at the end." Hey, that's what we normally do. You're the youngest child wow. right now, but you're the youngest in the sibling dynamic. <laughs> For now, we're talking about For sibling now. dynamic years. Are you getting another sibling? <laughs> that would be concerning. Twenty-seven <laughs> yeah. year age gap. Ooh, <laughs> stranger things have happened. So oh, what... I was going to bring up that show actually. Anyway, um... <laughs> next episode. Next episode. Yep. Write sure. it down. I promise. I got some of my silly. Oh, I, I won't. <laughs> would one of you like to? Well, dish I, out the punishment. I, I I'm not one. good with these. You, know, you don't want to give him anything? I mean, the only thing I can think of is do you know any like rap lyrics off the top of your head that you could throw out right now? Like a, Absolutely not. Like a good Nicki Minaj or <laughs> something? Him some, tell him something to Google and he will do um, it. I'm thinking of like the Nicki Minaj super bass because I feel like that's <gasps> just an iconic. <laughs> Listen, we already talked about the fact that I am a white man. <laughs> um... Gentle listeners, if you couldn't figure this out for me saying besties and probably a yas at some point, I'm a very white woman sitting here in my comfy and my Ugg boots. So I don't want to hear about how you are a white man and don't know Nicki Minaj. Yeah, just just look up super bass. No, he was he was no, he was giving that's... an excuse why this wouldn't be an appropriate punishment for him. Yes. More oh, than that. I okay. know who Nicki Minaj is. I feel like you can I just still don't want to get yeah, 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 by our. You totally can. No, I, 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 I say that to explain it so that it, I'm building up his Iron Man so that I can smash it down because it's totally not a valid argument for why he can't take this punishment. Okay, so wow, look Michael. up, look up Super Bass <laughs> by Nicki Minaj, and then you figure out which one is the rap. Hold on. Oh. Well, the beginning is right away. That's true. Yeah, you could just do the first one, first stanza or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just do the first this lyric. One is, this one is for the boys. Yep. All right. <laughs> um, Was this an appropriate punishment? Yes, yes. thank you. Excellent. Uh, Michael is going to die soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Super bass by Nicki Minaj, a 
dramatic reading. <laughs> this one is for the boys with the booming system, top down, AC with the cooler system. When he come up in the club, he be blazing up, got stacks on deck like he's saving up. And he ill, he real, he might got a deal. He popped bottles and he got the right kind of build. That was very good, bro. He cold, he dope, he might sell coke. He always in the air, but he never fly coach. I can't say the next line on this podcast. That's okay. Just skip if you can. I don't even know. When what he it make is. it drip, drip, kiss him on the lip, lip. I'm not even sure about that line. That's the kind of dude I was looking for. And yes, you'll get slapped if you're. Oh, okay. I'm skipping that. Yeah, one you too. can just end there too. <laughs> you're right. Because wow. Okay. Um, this has been a dramatic reading of the song Super Bass by Nicki Minaj I would like to apologize to our fives of listeners and include the disclaimer that I was forced to do that I don't feel bad Um, (laughs) no remorse that was wonderful thank you I wasn't sure if that was Aaron or Michael and I was like it works either way Um, sippy cup rule (laughs) don't forget next episode will ya that is going to be my rapper name. Um, <laughs> Perfect. And with that, gentle listener, thank you for listening uh, to Michael and Ethan and Aaron and Risha in a room with Scotch. Um, join us next time as we discuss more of Salem's Lot and I'm sure uh, gossip blogs that we may or may not have run in the past and other things. Um this is the part where I usually do sort of the, hey, listen to our other shows on <laughs> Tapestry, but I would like to give uh, Aaron and or Risha a chance to uh, talk about their new show that they are joining us from. Um, one or both of you say as much or as little as you would like. Sure. We do Vampires and Mermaids, two besties talking about, I talk about vampires Aaron talks about mermaids and uh, different ones like in lore and different stories. And it's a pretty good time. Pretty good time. Definitely lots of chaos, as you can tell by what? This, Us? this episode. Um, yeah. What do you do when you don't have like someone else to be the one to get you on track? <laughs> Actually, most of our episodes are pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly okay. enough. Pretty on task. We, we mm. have notes in front of us. Oh, okay. I <laughs> think. No, that's, that's always helpful. I think the issue here today that unlucky for you guys <laughs> normally we we record well we, normally we, we record on a monday or tuesday don't yeah. we but we've been together all day at work mm-hmm. so we've gotten mm. the silly goofies out oh, whereas we've spent an entire weekend apart and so yeah. usually we fly into work monday morning and it's like oh my gosh risha i missed you oh we just start tomorrow's gonna be so boring for i you wasn't two. even oh. here on friday yeah so it's yeah. it's been an extended weekend so we've had withdrawals yeah. um <laughs> so our silly goofy is too high because we basically got to do that in front of microphones and drag <laughs> you guys into it. Um, so no, our episodes are usually a bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're great for if you have like a short little drive or something. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like as PG friendly. It's definitely not. Nope. Um, <laughs> PG so 13. just listener discretion. Yeah. yeah. PG 13 mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. So yeah. But we like to sign off with watch your tails and cover your necks mm. or the other way around. Yeah, that's right. Watch, okay. I think. Watch oh. your neck and cover your tail. There you go. That, that too. <laughs> One day we'll figure out the order of our own podcast. <laughs> It'll just forever change. Yeah, we still change, don't know which... what it's called. 
So. It is, it is vampires, vampires and mermaids. mermaids. Oh, there you go. Okay. I, I, I was wrong. And I'm, well, I'm not two, too big of a person. You two said it together this time, so it sounds yeah. like it sounds authoritative. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, Risha and Aaron. Thank you for joining us, gentle listener. Um, and as Michael and I always sign off, uh, until next time, it's our party and... We'll cry if three-fourths of the podcast loses. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I'm pulling up the next rap if someone else loses. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Obscurantism and obfuscation. Orally observed, gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. Obviated objects of oblivion. Obambulating about. Offered unto you. Offered unto you. Offered unto you. In the Tapestry Radio Network. Tapestryradio.org. From From our our fancy fancy to to yours. yours.